Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of KitPod. So remarkably, we've made it to double figures in terms of episodes. So congratulations, guys. So let's get straight on to it and what we're wearing today. So as usual, in, as in so many ways, I'm the dullest member of the pod. I've gone for a 95 to 97 Juve home shirt, with a classic Sony sponsor. So Rob, you're s- celebrating a historic and very original building. That's right, yeah, the Riverside Stadium in Middlesbrough. So this was the third shirt from 2020-21. So it's actually a Riverside 25-year anniversary shirt made by Hummel. Fantastic effort from the club and Hummel themselves. It's got the huge sort of stanchions from the corner of the Riverside across the front. And a great thing about this, and we've talked about this before, they removed the betting sponsor off the shirt. So it isn't there, and they've replaced it above the Hummel badge with the MFC Foundation logo, which is the charitable arm of the football club. So great work by the club. They were limited, I think, to a couple of thousand. So pretty pleased to have this one. It's it's a great shirt as well. It absolutely is. I think that looks brilliant. Definitely check that out when we put the pictures on, on Twitter. Now, Tom's in the doghouse this week. So as your penance, what are you wearing, Tom? Yeah, to make it up to our guest today, I am wearing the PSG 2019 to 2020 away. I, I don't think I could describe the colour. Is it is it orange? But I'm sure our guest will put me right later. Laser red. <laughs> and uh, and finally, Adrian, as usual, some, uh, well, more contemporary, actually, Serie A. Yeah, I've gone modern this week. So uh, Pro Direct obviously had a very big drop during the week, but the big one was actually a week earlier. And that was they started to uh, stock the Venezia shirts, which were very popular this year. And I went for the fourth shirt. So that's the regal red with gold trim and black um, black shoulders. Beautiful shirt. It's sold out at Pro Direct as well now, I think. So, um, sorry, guys. Perhaps they'll appear on Shirt X over the next few weeks. Great. And a reminder, as always, that we'll put out pictures of the shirts so you can check them out as you're listening. So, with our shirts sorted, we're on to the news. So, an absolute avalanche of news this week in kits. So the football community importantly comes together to support Ukraine. Boreham Wood come unstuck against the Toffees in a sweet looking kit. Berry AFC are the latest club to offer fans an input into their new design. And Napoli make it unlucky 13 for kit collectors. So over to you, Adrian, first. Been a lot of support from different clubs, countries, organisations within football through kits for Ukraine this week. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's bittersweet we're talking about this, really, because we, we'd rather not be talking about this on, on the pod at all. We'd rather none of this had happened. Um, but it's great to see some of the clubs around the world uh, take forward their social responsibility and recognise what's going on. And from an awareness piece, make make others around the world who perhaps aren't aware of what's happening at the moment, the situation over in Ukraine, uh, bringing that to the light. And also raising a bit of well-needed money to support the victims of the, of the tragedy that's occurring out there at the moment. And we've seen all manner of different ways in which clubs have done it. Some really exciting and creative ways, but more importantly, the message behind it's at the core. So some of the highlights for me, I think at the beginning of the week, we saw Bromby turn out for um, a match and they alternated their shirts. They wore a blue home shirt with yellow shorts to effectively create a Ukraine flag. Those shirts are on sale at the moment. The match ones are auctioning them off. And Tom, they're going for big money, aren't they? The auction's still live, but they're going for big money at the moment. 
Yeah, I, I did check uh, recently, and I think the cheapest one, which was issued to an unused sub, is going for around eight hundred pounds, and that was with a few hours left to run. So yeah, they're um, they're raising some very much needed money. Uh, Wolfs- Wolfsburg probably the most creative out there. They replaced their famous VW sponsor with a peace sign, which it looks great. And the message really shines through there. Not only did they do it on the shirt, but they actually did it on the center circle of the pitch. I don't know if anybody's seen that, but um, for all the TV broadcasters, viewers out there that are watching it being broadcast, they couldn't, they couldn't not know there was something going on there. So that, that was a really strong, strong message for me. Closer to home in the Premier League, we've seen the Football Stands Together campaign as well with all the captains wearing the Ukraine flag and the, and the Football Stands Together arm, um, armband over the weekend, which has, again, caused, caused some distributors not to want to show Premier League games because they don't want to acknowledge that there's a, a situation going on in the world at the moment and, and don't want their viewers to know about that. So that's a strange one. But I think, again, it highlights the importance of what these clubs are actually doing, which I think is great. And Roma last night, they had a lovely um, sleeve patch again, auction off their shirts, but they had a lovely message on a sleeve, on the warm-up jerseys and a Ukraine heart in their 1-0 win against Atlanta, where they've done a double over them this season. Like you say, it's just been a sea of responses, haven't there, from different clubs. You think the Premier League captains with their armbands, you know, Augsburg had a special pre-match shirt. And also within the kit community, we've seen different sellers. So there's a James Nolan collection, Ireland shirt. So a number of those were auctioned off for charity. We've seen a number of other collectors put their shirts up with the proceeds going to Ukraine beneficiaries. And CFS will make a, a note that they put all the proceeds from any Ukraine-related shirts into a charity so that uh, by Monday already was on £11,000 they'd backdated it to the start of the conflict so God only knows what it's it's on now but again tremendous gestures from a number of people within football and the kit community and I'm sure we're all kind of together that we support anything to to help this out and hope it's resolved as quickly as possible. So everything on the pod now feels a bit inconsequential uh, compared to that but we'll move on to a slightly more light-hearted story so Boreham Wood played Everton in the FA Cup this week and there was a nice sign of solidarity between the two in terms of the new kit wasn't there Rob? Yeah there was and it's good to see the bigger clubs supporting smaller clubs because at the end of the day the English football pyramid has got to support each other because of its size and its uniqueness across the globe really we don't see lots of other countries where their lower leagues and their non-league are supported so strongly uh, as it is in this country but Everton did a great thing for Boreham Wood they couldn't wear their usual change strips against Everton because of short and sock clashes. So Everton went out of their way to support Bournemouth in terms of getting them a new one-off kit that they could wear. And the great and interesting thing about this is Bournemouth wouldn't actually be able to wear the shirt in the National League because all the referees uh, are wear black. So it truly, truly is a one-off kit. So that game is the only game that it would have been worn. It was quite a nice Puma design. Not the dreaded third template, we'll all be pleased to know, but one of their other away style templates, which kind of has those sort of honeycomb patterns on the front and um, that we've seen quite a few clubs use. When used well with some nice colourways, it, it can be really effective. And I think the Wood Army um, emblazoned on the front gives it that extra little bit of detail and links with Boreham Wood, obviously, as well. So great gesture from Everton. I know that as well, Everton paid for their the club's overnight stay as well when they came to Liverpool and they gave them the use of Finch Farm as well to do their training sessions too. So Everton really did open their arms to a non-league club and it's really refreshing to see that because Premier League clubs, and rightly so a lot of the time, do get criticised for funnelling the money towards the top of the sport. But when they were given the opportunity to support these other clubs, I think it's a great gesture what they've done. 
Yeah, I think Everton have been really generous all around this year, haven't they? I mean, any team visiting Goodison, they've been letting them score a couple of goals. And yeah, it's nice to see them paying back. Does it count as paying them back when they actually gave them the Man City goalkeeper template as a shirt? Did anybody spot that? It was last season's Man City keeper template as well. Yeah, no, I think it, it, other German clubs as well have used it. So a nice template. Yeah, yeah, it does look good. So we've seen a lot of clubs over the last few weeks offer up their designs, give some input to fans. And the latest ones to do that are Berry AFC, who in collaboration with kit maker Hope and Glory have listed six designs that members only can vote on. And this will be the home shirt for the 22 to 24 seasons. So Hope and Glory, it's this eco kit version. So made from plastic bottles. So it's recycled, kind of reduces the environmental impact. Usually these are sublimated to be sponsors and the numbers are going to be sublimated into the the design so it's just the crest and the hope and glory manufacturer that is embroidered i think they're really really good particularly f for me if anybody spots the designs when we put them up on twitter sort of england 82 kind of vibes for that one anybody else any of the designs stand out for you i thought the variation was quite good on these obviously the white and blue color scheme is quite strong for berry and they've kept that going with the new club i do like a but i actually really like b I like the sort of um, faded pattern at the top, but I also like that they've, they've pulled out the colours of the crest, so the white and the blue and the grey. So it kind of really complements the top of the shirt. Nice collar as well and cuffs to match, which is always good. I do like the um, shirt E as well, which is kind of a little bit like Atalanta. I think we'd mentioned to each other it looks like that. But I like the faded blue across the shoulder as well. I think they look, to be honest, I actually think they all look really effective. They wouldn't go amiss on a football pitch, which sometimes, as we've said before, with concept designs or fan designs, you need to make sure that it works as a football shirt. And I actually think all of these do. Yeah, I echo that, Rob. I think B and F, as Alex said as well, they're the two standouts for me. I think that kind of deconstructed colour block across the shoulders is is, is really cool and really striking. But yeah, they're, they're they're a solid bunch all round. But again, for B and F, I think the colours the standouts for me and it looks like f may even be a popper collar i mean i may i know i'm jumping ahead there a little bit based off the concept pictures but it looks like it could be a popper collar and i think that would be a really cool reintroduction to that style so obviously as kit fans we have an opinion but it's been put into their hands i suppose quite rightly of the members and we'll see what they come up with which one's their favorite which we again be worn and be available i think from june will be the release of the new kit Next, our weekly trip to a new Napoli kit. Tom, they've made it to an unlucky number then this week. Yeah, I'm sure everyone has seen this this week. It's shirt number 13 for Napoli, and they are going to be wearing that against AC Milan Sunday evening. Um, I mean, not a hell of a lot more we can say about this, but I thought I'd have a little bit of fun, and I'd say a few things that Napoli have more shirts than this year. So they have more shirts than Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp and Jose Mourinho have won Manager of the Month awards. They have more shirts this year than Roy Keane has career red cards. They have more shirts this year than Napoli's top goal scorer has goals. And they have more shirts this year than the average Chelsea fan has brain cells. So some impressive statistics there, I'm sure you'll agree. What does everyone else think of that? I think less less said about the shirt, the better. I think most people are on the same page. But breaking news for you, Tom, Napoli are not going to wear that shirt tonight anymore. We're recording this on Sunday morning. Napoli oh, are not no. wearing the shirt tonight anymore. Uh, what they've decided to do is they've got them all 
prepped for the match, but they're signing them and auctioning them off in aid for the child victims in Ukraine. Um, and they will be wearing blue tonight, which um, hopefully double-edged sword. Hopefully it means much money raised um, for victims in Ukraine. And hopefully it means AC Milan won't be wearing the Puma template and they can wear their usual black and white stripes. Oh, see, I didn't know that. I'll take all of my scorn back because that is actually a lovely, lovely development. But yeah, it was the, the red variation of the, the Marad- another Maradona tribute shirt they've done. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that, Adrian. That's definitely better news. So this isn't the first apology Tom's going to make on this episode, but we'll move on. So Adrian, do you want to round up some of the other things that have been happening? Yeah, it's been a busy week. What I would say to any any of our listeners is make sure you follow us on Twitter. We do update the news during the week. We've got lots of messages from people that enjoy the news updates. I know Josh in Lincoln follows our news quite closely. So, yeah, any, anybody who wants to be up to date with the news, make sure you follow us on Twitter. A couple of developments last week. We had a, the first A-League a Pride game. I think we shared the shirt a few weeks ago. Brilliant rainbow name set that was being used over in the A-League. So Adelaide United made history hosting men's and women's back-to-back games. Both teams won and in a great celebration. Uh, again, shirts raffled off afterwards and went towards Pride community projects in sport in Australia. So that was really lovely to see. A few other things that we saw last week, we've seen, well, today we're seeing Vicenza wear a new icon shirt, which is quite interesting. It's a link between... Lotto, their manufacturer, and Diesel, um, their sponsor, who are also a designer. So they collabed on what's called an icon shirt. The really interesting thing about this shirt, I don't like it, so that's not the interesting thing. The really interesting thing is actually they launched it 18 months ago. So they came out with it and, and made a, a, lot, a large sort of press release and some noise around it, and they've never actually used the, game, uh, the shirt in a game, but they're using it later on today for the first time as a one-off. It's available for purchase now on the club website. And the final update, I think, it has been a busy news week and I'm sure I haven't covered everything, but the final update was worth sharing was the Stuttgart World Kit. So Stuttgart and Jayco, all their kits this year have been made using recycled plastics. They've released a special World Kit this week that's been made using recycled textiles. Lovely shirt, some great detail on it, some really great debossed patterns throughout it, some nice little tags and things like that across the shirt. Five euros for every shirt is also going towards buying trees to to plant somewhere probably around Stuttgart well they do have quite a lot of trees around there already so maybe they're going further afield I'm not sure but yeah those are some some of the highlights this week excellent thanks Adrian and as Adrian mentioned you can check out all those stories in a bit more detail on the Twitter account with the news over we're on to the main feature So, as you know, the pod is generally quite lighthearted, but unfortunately, we've had to deal with a very serious complaint this week from one of our listeners who was not very happy with our previous coverage of the PSG Jordan brand, having committed the cardinal sin of misidentifying a Nike PSD shirt as a Jordan shirt. It's over to Tom to make a formal apology on our behalf. Yeah, I did misidentify that shirt and as penance today. I'm wearing the 1920 away PSG shirt that is definitely a Jordan shirt. And that is my punishment. And Scott is here today to educate me. So, Scott Anderson, you've been a a guest before and we've heard about your fantastic Beckham collection. But there's also another part of your collection you feel very passionately about. So you're going to come and educate us today on this PSG Jordan mashup. BJ just holds, bothered by Price, dumped to Michael. Six, five... Four. Michael Strip got it back. Three, 
two. Michael falls, fires. Yeah! Does it again! The Bulls win. He looks at the crowd. At the buzzer. This crowd is stunned. Michael right over Wilkins and in his face. So, Scott, to start us off, can you give us a bit of a background to the Jordan brand? Yeah, sure. So in 1984, Nike approached Michael Jordan, who was fresh into the NBA. And what they wanted to do was they, they obviously saw something special in him and they wanted to design a brand around him, which initially started with the shoes, which was the Jordan 1s, what were uh, released in 1985. They had a different logo initially. And in 1984, he did a photo shoot for the Olympics in which he essentially just jumped in the air with his legs legs open and his hand out with the basketball. And that, that became Jumpman logo. And that's where it all started. And as Michael Jordan uh, went from strength to strength, then so did the Jordan brand. And so how did the link up with PSG happen? So initially, actually, it, was, it wasn't PSG that first brought the Jordan brand into football. So Michael Jordan and Neymar both being top Nike athletes and very prominent in their sport and industries uh, became friends and in 2016 while Neymar was still at Barcelona Neymar and Michael Jordan actually did a personal collab in which they released a Brazil warm-up shirt which was uh, shown on my Twitter a few weeks ago and they also did some standard uh, sports apparel and then famously they did the football boots that Neymar wore which came in a red and white colorway and a black and silver. And the unique fit features of the boots were you had the, the Jumpman logo on the heel of the boot, and one boot had 11, which was his uh, Barcelona number, whereas the other boot had the number 23, which was Michael Jordan's uh, number. So that was the first time that the Jordan brand was introduced into football. And it wasn't until 2018, after Neymar had moved to PSG, that with PSG having their long-standing Nike deal, then they announced that they'd signed a three-year exclusive deal to provide two shirts a year for, for PSG. So that's, that's initially how Jordan managed to get their way into football. So from the start of the collab, do you want to just take us through those first shirts that emerged? Yeah, so 1819 was the, the first season that the shirts came in. And actually what they did, even though they were third and fourth shirts, essentially, what they became was home and away Champions League shirts. So they obviously had to produce two colorways just in case there was a clash. So you had the white uh, and black colorway, which was uh, mainly the white body with black details and then the other shirt was just the exact reverse where you had a, a black body with the white details um so they had the, the it was a very simple design with the fly emirates sponsor a monochrome colored badge and obviously the famous jumpman logo and they had the actually the the hester stripe on that kit was really it was quite unique because it was what it was was it, it wasn't a solid stripe it was loads of little dots that as you were further away, it looked like a solid strike, but as you came in, it was the little dots. And they, they played quite a few uh, famous games in that, including the home and away ties to Liverpool. And then famously, a certain Marcus Rashford knocking them out in penalties in the, in the black kit in the round of 16. 
fourth minute of stoppage time. Rashford against Buffon. It's Rashford! And Manchester United have produced the impossible. Rashford, nerves of steel. And PSG have collapsed again. And this brave young Manchester United side have done... It's interesting you say, Scott. I didn't realise that they used it as a home and away kit for the Champions League. But, I mean, do you know how the PSG fans felt about it? Because obviously it's losing that classic PSG home colours, you know? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I know they're ultras. They're very traditional, as you say. So any kind of step away from the normal, they tend to get quite angry about. But, I, you know, the, the the hype of having Neymar, uh, they had obviously had Mbappe as well. And the Champions League was a big thing for them. And I think because they stuck with, it was a, a very standard PSG design, but it just so happened to be the Jordan brand. Th- there wasn't much opposition to it due to the fact that, you know, they still had the Navy home kits that was worn domestically. And so, yeah, it was just another a, a cup competition shirt, which they're quite used to. So I think there wasn't, uh, they've not had a problem with a Jordan brand at all, really, until this year when famously they kicked off, which I'll, I'll talk about when I get to the 21-22 season. So for me, great shirts, really liked them. They also came out with a, a huge bunch of clothing along with it, including warm-up shirts and warm-up tops, as they did every year. Scott, no one cares about that stuff, honestly. <laughs> hate to break it to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like this is this segment is definitely going to only touch with a few people, isn't it? Although saying that, everybody seems to dislike them, but they're, they're still not in the sale rail, are they? Every single one sold out. How many of them are you, are you responsible for? So I have, well, I have them all in authentic version. And then I won't even deny that I've picked up some of the stadium version when they, they come in the sale. Some of them were some of them were su- such a good price I couldn't walk away. <laughs> Including <laughs> I got one for 20 quid. <laughs> I feel like we could play buckaroo with you here, Scott. We could name an item of clothing that's Jordan PSG until you say no, I don't have that. <laughs> the game wouldn't really last well, last very long because of us though, Tom. <laughs> We'd, we'd tap out after the second shirt, probably. I just want to know if you've got the bucket hat. Have you got a bucket hat? No, I don't have the bucket hat. Wait. <laughs> so 1819 was the first set, and it was fairly safe start. I mean, they look quite plain, but when you're up close, obviously the detail, like you say, on the stripe in, in, in the dots, uh, they got a little bit more daring in the design in, in the following years, didn't they? So do you want to take us through 1920? Yeah, so for me, uh, 1920 is the most interesting season and it also has the, the shirt that's my favourite. So as Tom mentioned before, he's wearing the away shirt, which was the infrared uh, kit, which again, very simple design, that one. They had, they, they'd started to sneak in that basketball feel in terms of the neck. The neck has this, the, the style of the, the trim that comes from the Chicago Bulls jerseys with the, the outer cut. It essentially looks like the, a, a Dutch flag style with it, apart from you've got one colour and the same colour on the bottom with a, a separate colour in the middle. And they, so those shirts were only used in domestic competitions. The away shirt, it never made its way into the European competition. And actually, the most interesting thing about the away shirt is the name set is is really special. 
it's a even though it looks like a plain black name set from from afar, but as you come in, it has loads of little um, shadow details in the number. It's a really nice one. But my favourite one, and, and the one with the interesting story, is the fourth shirt. So the fourth shirt is the black, all black kit with the Hester stripe in the colourway of the French flag, which for me, it's a really standout shirt because the colour is it's jet black and then a really bright red, white and blue for the, the French flag. But that shirt was released in January. Now it was released in January and it was intended to be for the Champions League knockout stage. Um, but once the, once the design was released, the players refused to wear it because they thought that black shirts were a jinx. Um, so previously, you had the famous away goals defeat in the 15-16 Champions League season to Man City. And then obviously you had the year that they were the favourites. And, and I think still to this day, that 18-19 PSG were, were absolutely frightening when they had Cavani on form, Neymar and Mbappe fresh to the club. And, you know, due to Neymar's injury, he missed the knockouts and they went out to United in that last minute, minute penalty. And both those ties, they were wearing black shirts. So the, so the players point blank refused to wear the shirt in the Champions League, even though that's how it was advertised and brought out to be worn. So it only ever saw a domestic competition. And everybody loves a banned shirt. So I intentionally, uh, it was, there was only one place that sold the cup font name set. So I intentionally got a cup font name set and Champions League patches on a shirt that was essentially denied by the players to not wear in the competition. Does that edge into ruined shirt territory though? Potentially, because yes, it was never worn, but that's, that was how it was. I mean, I, I'm not sure when it came. But it was certainly it was early February. The news broke that they weren't that they refused to wear it, even though Nike had, you know, as they do with everything, the the, the branding and the build up, they'd completely sold it as this Champions League knockout shirt, and then it just very subtly never appeared, and that was that was the reason. So they won't wear black in European competition, European competition anymore, but they will wear it domestically. They can presumably wear whatever colour they want domestically because they're going to win anyway, even if they... I mean, it's essentially a gimme that they're going to win at least one trophy, let's be honest. That's why they want the Champions League because it's, it's the only trophy that proves success for them. bit like Bayern Munich, I thought I'd slip that dig in considering Mike was a part <laughs> of the, uh, the last analysis. <laughs> the tricolor, what is it? The stripe in the middle? The Hector stripe, did you say? See, funnily enough, I actually Googled how to pronounce it because I thought if I'm going to come on here and be a smart ass, I better have all my, my facts and <laughs> pronunciations right. So it's the Hester stripe. Hester. I'm just looking. Have PSG ever had that stripe with the tricolor as well? I'm just looking quickly through Footy Kit Archive. No, what and they I... did was, if you look back far enough, they had a red and blue Hester stripe with a white shirt which essentially got you the three colours. But no, they've oh, never had the, the French flag yet. Mm. Good spot, though. Good question. See, I'm, I'm trying to improve. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> so that's my favourite one out of the lot, is, that, is the 1924th shirt. So that then brings us on to... Now, bearing in mind, as we all know, you know, 2020, there was this really crazy event in the world that happened 
that was called the uh, Twitter shirt community. No, I'm just joking. COVID, obviously, which brought up, you know, a lot of people came to Twitter and started collecting football shirts. And I thought you meant Liverpool winning the Premier League. Well, yeah, we know that comes, remember that comes with an asterisk because there was no fans there to put them off. So, you know, that's, a, that's another group of supporters gone straight away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, I know Tom's been, uh, Tom's been picking them off week by week and I have to admit that I've been agreeing with most of them. Obviously, he's not going to pick off Chelsea, but we'll avoid that topic today. So, football shirts obviously existed before 2020, but that was, you know, there was a lot of uh, Twitter activity and, and the community grew and stuff. So, I think famously, for, for me anyway, you know, the, the 2021 shirts were the ones that kind of, for, for two reasons, everybody was obviously, you know, we were all in the community and we were commenting on each other's, each other's shirts. And this is when a lot of the, the PSG Jordan, so not, you know, some people really dislike it, which is, which is fine. You know, everybody's got their opinion and some people don't really care about it, but you know, interestingly enough, it was those shirts, which is the ones you were speaking about um, predominantly in the analysis uh, in the other episode, because you had the, that's the third and the fourth. So the, the third shirt was the, it, it's, it essentially looks like uh, maroon, but it's described as Bordeaux. So it was a Bordeaux with a black and white sleeves and, and the gold trim around it, which was worn in the European competitions and domestically. And then you had the crazy pink, purple and black four shirt, which was worn uh, domestically. Now, the the reason I think that they stick in my mind is that everybody has their opinion and everybody, you know, a lot of people dislike the shirt, but the instant, you know, as soon as Nike brought the authentic versions down to 40 quid, they were nowhere to be found. They absolutely flew off the website because that was the year, I, you'll probably all remember like me, but I mean, I think 2020, Nike, I mean, the, the website was crazy. Every other week it was 20 to 30% off. And then that 2021, you had the, they obviously were released in January 21, the, uh, the fourth shirt was. And then the end of season sales were almost right on the back of it. So they were brought down to, you know, 40, uh, 40% off. And then they whapped on another 20% on top of the 40%. So for a bunch of shirts that nobody liked, <laughs> they absolutely flew off the website. It's interesting you saying that third shirt, the colour is Bordeaux. I mean, that's got to be a quiz answer, hasn't it, somewhere? There can't be many football shirts with the colour of a rival team, you know? Yeah, but yeah, also, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? I'm just wondering as well, because often you went, you said about the 1921, that one I've got on, and it's uh, like orange or I don't know, I don't even know what colour it is, but why is it that a lot of these PSG Jordan shirts are strange or different colours? Is there a rhyme or reason to it, or are they just going for the fashion route, you know? Yeah, I think it's just creative freedom, isn't it? Because because they're essentially a non-traditional brand. You know, it's a new brand, and uh, until this year, it's been it's not been the 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 home shirt. So they've 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 just had absolute freedom, and as you said, you know they've PSG te- have been very um, structured in their shirts. Even if you look back, it's usually a white away shirt, and it's usually a the navy blue home shirt. And in yeah, a lot you, of instances, 
if you go all the way back to 1989 when they were formed, that that, that was that was the colours they used. <laughs> and but they were a lot of the times the shirts were just reversed, so they didn't even have a different home or away. They they literally just turned the, the you know the home was navy blue and red, and the away was white and red or white and navy blue. So I think they've just gone with it and ran, haven't they? Because with no until this year, they've had no traditional stumbling blocks if they've just been able to do what they want so why so don't you that, take yeah, us that, into this year yeah take us into this year yeah so this year two things happened this year that were big design wise well both design wise the first one being it's the first home shirt of the the jordan brand so it was the navy blue color but famously you will see the lack of a hesh tear stripe which got all the ultras down the street with their banner protesting against the home shirt but not only that, this was this is really the closest link you've seen between the Chicago Bulls and PSG. Because on the shirt you have the the trim, the neck trim and the sleeve trim, which is similar to what I described on the, the nineteen twenty away, where you had the white and red colorway of the, the, the bar around the collar. But not only that, if you look at the shorts, which was a big discussion point when the, the design was leaked. Because with UEFA and all their rules, a lot of people, including myself, really thought that they weren't going to be approved for use. Um, but miraculously, they were. And it's, a, and it's an exact design copy of the famous Chicago Bulls shorts, which is you used to have the, the Bulls badge uh, surrounded in the, in the diamond, which is the, the, the same trim from the neck. And, that's, and they've brought that into the home shirt on the shorts. And... The four shirt that was recently released, which was the uh, the white four shirt, again lack of hash tear, but because it wasn't the home shirt, the fans haven't kicked off about that. But for for me, they're really that's it. That's as close as they've got. That's it's now essentially a complete design copy from a basketball team onto a football shirt. I mean, those shorts, regardless of what you think of the actual shirts, those shorts surely are in a league of their own when it comes to football shorts. They're, they're fantastic. I mean, for, for me, they, they are. I mean, I, I love all of these, so my opinion is always going to be to the positive. But as you said, even as a neutral, I mean, I, I can see maybe Americans having a bit of opposition because they will obviously be slightly tribal towards their own basketball team. But I don't think you'll find many neutral people that are not a fan of basketball. Uh, uh, Michael Jordan, sorry. And if you were a fan of Michael Jordan, he will always be paired beside his his glory days at the Chicago Bulls. So, so I can't see it. I don't understand why looking at those shorts, you wouldn't think that they were a, an absolute marvel to see them on a football pitch as opposed to a basketball court. So you talked about those nice basketball features that appeared in the current season's shirts. Are there any other features people might have missed within the different designs or maybe some of the training gear, either different allusions to Paris or to the, the Bulls or other features? Well, I mean, basketball sh- basketball jerseys, um, if, if you've followed basketball, you'll, you'll notice that they're actually, they're, they're relatively plain. They have, they have these things called city edition shirts, which is again similar to the you know the design freedom where they they can bring in different aspects, but they're actually generally very the very same. Even when they switch brands, you know they've gone from Champion uh, to Adidas had a spell and then Nike. They they don't really change that much. So I think in terms of a crossover, they were actually quite limited 
with what they could bring over. And I think that's why when you see these the shirts this year, they have that really close, as close as it's going to get to, to copying the basketball. But, I mean, aside from that, I think the, the coolest part that, that you may not have you may not have noticed per se, especially if you're not a fan, is that with all the the apparel, the badge is actually the PSG badge, but they've removed the Eiffel Tower and they've put in the Jumpman logo. That's one of my my favorite bits about it. Is it's it you know it's the, it's the exact PSG badge, but they've just switched out the the tower with the Jumpman. I think that's a, a really cool touch, and it looks and it, and it fits really well, which is obviously why whoever the clever person that came up with it was but i've got a few a lot of my training gear and stuff i have is is with the ones that include that that logo on them so it's clear you're a massive fan scott and unfortunately for you the the contract has recently ended i mean would you be keen to see it extended would you like to see more of these editions come out yeah i mean so yeah they extended it for this season and that was but that's now the end of the exclusive deal so to me that that kind of leaves it open there for maybe more teams that are uh, produced by Nike that they may be able to get on in on the act. And uh, for me, I definitely would like to see it. I mean, I, I thought in my head quickly about who's made by Nike and there's quite a few rivals that I would be quite upset to see, <laughs> to see wearing the, uh, the Jumpman logo considering I'm a United fan. But that's one of the narratives that that I really I dislike about the Jordan brand is that people say that, you know, the Jordan brand has no place on a, on a football field. But, you know, the, the, the Michael Jordan brand isn't a basketball brand. It is a brand that was just based around uh, a famous basketball athlete. And they've actually crossed over into sports before, just maybe not necessarily in Europe. So they make a lot of American football uh, jerseys and cleats, as they call them. And they also produce a lot of equipment for baseball. So, it, you know, the Jordan brand isn't exclusively, isn't exclusively for basketball. And, you know, essentially it's, it's Nike. It's Nike that if you look at the, all the designs in the shirts, they're all vapors or dry fitted bands, which is so they could look exactly identical, but take the Jumpman logo off and stick a Nike badge on it and it, and it would be the exact same shirt. But so I would definitely like to see it. Me personally. As a, as a Bulls fan and a Jordan fan, I've, I've really enjoyed the collab. And the only thing that hasn't enjoyed it has been my bank balance. And so this is probably the first incursion of like American sports and sports culture really into soccer or, or European football culture. I suppose opening this up to everybody. Are there any other collabs you'd like to see around football and other sports? I mean, one that I was thinking of, and I know he used to be a Nike athlete and he's fallen a bit out of favour recently, is, is Lance Armstrong and Liv Strong. I think it'd be really good if you had a collab with Juventus because they're both massive cheats. <laughs> Another one gone. Um, we're just cutting off uh, ESL clubs here one by one, aren't we? I was thinking you could have uh, Muhammad Ali could do a collab with uh, Manchester City because they keep getting knocked out of the Champions League. Christ, we're really going yeah. for it today. <laughs> I mean, Borussia Dortmund released there. Uh, we saw them, but I thought they were pretty... Pretty cool, didn't pick them up, but uh, they did some versions like Borussia Dortmund branded baseball, hockey and, and basketball shirts that were, they were pretty cool. Tom, anything you'd, any hookups you'd like to see? I've desperately been sat here trying to think of one. <laughs> no, I, I'm struggling a little bit, I have to admit. 
I'm kind of all for it though. I'm all for this this transcending of the sports. I think it is it is quite cool. I mean, those Dortmund basketball jerseys were were really good. I thought, but yeah, obviously we didn't see them on the pitch. Not perhaps a tenuous Everton basketball hookup. I'm just going to say it because, yeah, I said it off off record. And yeah, there's got to be an alley-oop, Delhi alley-oop pun that I can sledgehammer into this. And there it is. <laughs> so you painful. set me up brilliantly there. <laughs> um, great. Well, that, that's your one for the week, at least. We got, we got it in there. Worm out of that then. Yeah. <laughs> So, so on a positive, we put right the PSG Jordan collab, but we're going to be inundated with letters from football fans all over, all over the world complaining that we've taken a mick out of their club. It's yeah, and just a just basketball, uh, a basketball kit podcast from now on. <laughs> yeah, and just remember, it wasn't the fact that you disliked them; it was the lack of detail, shall we say, in the the analysis of the PSG Jordan brand as a whole. Well, Scott, that's because we were talking about this year's shirt and there wasn't a lot of detail in them. (laughs) (laughs) And in in fairness, Scott, if you'd listened to every episode, you'd know we're very consistent with that lack of detail across all of our shirts. I'm just glad that no one has caught us out for anything else yet. I delete the tweets when they come through, don't I? (laughs) (laughs) Just just remember, there's more uh, PSG Jordan shirts than there are titles in uh, Rome. Well, m- money can buy the titles and the shirts for one of those clubs, but they're not for the other. So, as with your first visit, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure to to have you on and uh, to learn a bit more about the collaboration. And hopefully, Tom can take some of this knowledge forward into future episodes. So, thanks. Yep, it was nice to be back, and hopefully, I won't have to make another corrective appearance. <laughs> At the end of the day, any any mate of Bugs Bunny is all right with me. <laughs> <laughs> You've redeemed it right at the last second. <laughs> What's up, Scott? <laughs> oh dear. So after nine episodes, it's all level at the top of the quiz leaderboard. So Adrian and Rob face off today. So you'll be delighted, lads, to know that it's a sponsor question. So how many of the current Premier League shirt sponsors can you name? So just in the is this is this like sleeve sponsors, noodle sponsors, no, no, we're just main shoe sponsors, main chest. dressing room sponsors, well lawnmower partners. Yeah, lawnmower partners. What else have you got at United? I forget your Spurs cheese room. We have got I think it's we've got a bedding partner. We've definitely got a bed official bedding partner, but we don't have Chevrolet anymore. How many teams are there? Twenty. Has it been that long since you've been in the Premier League? Do you think I can't remember how many teams there are? Don't watch Premier League football, it's all saturated. Do you get, like, say a team's got the same sponsor as another team? Is that two answers or one? Let's go for two. If The thing is, if you did that in the Championship, you'd just say 32 red and you'd have, like, 23 out of 24 <laughs> done. Again, usual rules apply. You get two wrong, third one, and you're out. How do you think you're doing this, Tom? All 20, easy. All 25. Joking. <laughs> That's just one French league team, isn't it? I feel like I'm genuinely struggling here. So I don't get for having a really low score. I can't actually get a lot. Yeah, there's there's too many random betting sponsors. There are, I think it's nine betting sponsors. That's not fair, is it? Um... What odds have they got on me and Adrian getting more than five? 
<laughs> um, not many. You, you might be able to. You might be able to afford one of those Napoli shirts. I've got less answers than Napoli shirts. That's for sure. I can tell you that now. <laughs> I've got less um, friends on Twitter than Tom has after his uh, little Chelsea rant. Okay, so we need some hold music now. Right, I can only think of five. Genuinely. Oh, brilliant. And you're not going to go higher? No. Nope. I've had a stinker. Okay, I'll, I'll go seven then. I know, I'll go six. I'll go six if Rob's going five. Yeah, go for it. Go on. I've got eight written down, so hopefully I've got room. For, use your rules apply. You can have two wrong answers, yep. yeah? Brilliant. Yep. Definitely bag this then. Team viewer? Yes. Etihad? Yes. Emirates? Yes, three. Kazoo? Four, five. Yep, so both Villa and Everton. That's my double header. I didn't include that in my answers. Uh, three as well. Chelsea? Spot on. Standard Chartered Liverpool? Yep. Amex, American Express, sorry, Brighton, that's it. That's all I got. Way over. Okay. Great. And Tom, how many more can you fill in from there? That's what we're on. I think we're on eight there. Is it? The Newcastle, is it? Like fun eight, bit. Yeah. Fun, fun, fun 88. Fun That's yeah. the only other one I have. Yeah. Didn't have that. Oh, Norwich Lotus. A Norwich Lotus. I did yeah, have that. Absolutely. Right now, I wasn't sure. Got local Brentford with Hollywood, Hollywood Games. Yeah. <laughs> Burnley. They've got a better one, haven't they? Spread X Sports. Oh, uh, likewise, Crystal Palace. What's W88. The Southampton South one's a dodgy betting one as well, isn't it? Dodgy sportsbet.io. Are we calling them dodgy? <laughs> it was it this season they had to remove the the company collapsed and so they had to remove the sponsor Chinese Probably. company that that rings a bell. Um, what aren't Wolves so who bet? else have we got? The Wolves Mansion bet. Oh, is that like too long ago? No, they've they've got another random one though, haven't they? Man Betex. Yeah, Man to go Bet-X, through the, the there you go. Leeds SBO top. Uh, do you know what? I, I would, yeah, I probably should have. I, I was thinking JD and box of Feliz, but that's the sleeve ones, isn't it? Because they had the box problems yeah. and all the colour problems. It just yeah. shows you really what a cesspit it is, doesn't it? Of Premier League sponsorships. They're all. The West Ham. <clears throat> Betway. Yeah. Betway. Watched that last night. Still couldn't yeah. tell you the shirt sponsor yeah. was. It's a nice shirt as well. Without You can get them without the sponsors, can't you? They're much nicer without. Yeah, it's well, sort of telling that you. I, I think if you would, we'd put that question to you from 30 years ago from the start of the Premier League, I think you'd probably have done a lot better than that. What's the Spurs one? Isn't that AIA or something? AIA? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Red one. I mean, I think what you've got two airlines that are recognisable. Kazoo is a, a thing, isn't it? It's a Car online thing, web. Yeah. Three is a, a mobile company, Standard Chartered at Bank. Team viewer is a thing. Lotus obviously is a physical thing, but the rest are just sort of like a, a bad wordle game. Bring, bring back McEwen's Lager. That, that's it. Yeah, Nothing but alcohol sponsors. Yeah. Benson and Hedges. Nothing bad about those. Okay, so victory for Agent then, who moves ahead of the other two, and we're on to Kit Room 101. So for this week, we've offered out the Kit Room 101 topic to our listeners. And this was a very popular choice. A uh, few people mentioned a similar thing. So there was Neritsuri Forest and shirt, shirt, shirts. But we got Zan Talks Kits 
to record a voice message with his Kit Room 101 proposal. My name is Zan from Zan Talks Kits, and I believe that Emporio Armani should be entered into Room 101 and should never be allowed to design a shirt again. The fact they have made 13 different Napoli shirts this year is disgraceful. But what's even worse is that almost all of them are awful. The saying that throw enough at the wall and some of it will stick has been disproven because none of the proverbial is stuck. Within those 13 different shirts, you expect at least one of them to be any good, but they just aren't. Plastering a swirly Maradona on a shirt and releasing it in four different colorways is a disgrace to his great name. If they were going to do it, why couldn't they have done it in the way that Kappa did classily last season? No club needs a specific shirt for the Europa League. Likewise, no club needs a specific Halloween shirt. For all we know, Armani will release a special edition shirt with Maradona dressed up as the Easter Bunny in a couple of weeks. Ultimately, the fact that a Napoli fan would have to spend nearly one and a half grand to collect every Napoli shirt this season is a disgrace and why Armani should be stopped and enters into Room 101. Goodness, didn't hold back there. So let's open it out to everybody. Where do we stand? Well, the first thing to clear up, and I, I could be wrong about this, but aren't Kappa still making the Emporio Armani shirts and Armani is slapping their badge over a Kappa badge? Is that right? Yeah, Kappa, the manufacturers. I'm not sure they're the designers. I don't know how... F- yeah, haven't got to the bottom of that, but Kappa are certainly the ones making them from their factories. Right, so then back to that, back to me. Armani shirts are absolutely terrible. The designs are awful. They look bad. Even their little logo doesn't quite fit right on what it looks like on a shirt. And to be honest, it's not even... I wouldn't care if they had um, 13 shirts, if any of them were decent. But I really, really struggle to see any value in the designs of any of these shirts. And I think that's more of a problem for me than actually the the number of them. I think they're just badly, badly designed. I think that's the problem, is that they have recognised the value in them because I think all of those other Maradona shirts have sold out the other three iterations. So that's why they've obviously gone for this fourth version. And I, I, like, I kind of admire how they've not even bothered with marketing guff. There's just, they've just been like, here's another shirt. We're not going to give you a reason why. And I think we know why. It's because they're selling out, someone's buying them, and then they can make it, you know, another round of 150 euros a pop. So, yeah, I, I can't advocate it, but, yeah, I can see why they're doing it. Yeah, so they have all sold out, but they have been releasing them in limited numbers, largely. I could be wrong, but I think they've only been released about 1,900 of each shirt. It's linked to the year they founded, so it might be 1,926 or something like that off the top of my head, roughly when they founded, according to Google. So they haven't, whether it is a number thing, because ultimately, you know, of those 13 shirts, what, five of them have been limited edition with 2,000. They've only actually sold 10,000 limited edition shirts. If they'd sold, yeah, they could have sold, most teams with a full shirt probably sell 100,000 of them across the world. So I don't know if it is a money thing. It's stupid. But I'm not sure if it's mon- monetary driven. I- I'm happy to put EA, EA, Puri Armani, yeah, just to be clear about which A we're putting in the bin. I haven't got a problem with, Europa teams having a Europa League shirt and things like that. They're all up for it. We're shirt collectors. We want as many shirts as possible. So, you know, this talk of teams should have two shirts. We'd only be able to buy two shirts each year. I'm happy with them having a third shirt. It's a bit more creative. And I'm happy with them having a fourth European shirt. But, um, yeah, five onwards can go in the bin and a Peoria Armani can go in the bin. Uh, as usual, I have to be the contrary voice, don't I, for this? So 
I don't think you can do it. I think there's so many caveats to this. I mean, for a start, the reason there are 13 shirts is because there are four, is it, Maradona shirts that have been added. Now, he died last year. He's inextricably linked to Napoli more than any other club. And I think this is just a kind of a one-off that to celebrate his his life. I mean, Rob, if Lee Catamol was to pass away or Jody Morris, Tom, or... Mkhitaryan, you know, you'd expect the same sort of celebration of these players' lives as as Napoli have done. So I think that's kind of a caveat for one chunk of it. To me, it just shows how much they love kits. I mean, we're massive kit fans. They love them so much to design 13 of them. You know, that shows a real kind of commitment. And to kind of follow on from Adrian's comment, I think there's been a lot of talk in our comments when we put this on, on the Twitter feed about the environmental impact and I sort of get that in principle and obviously we should try and reduce that but as Adrian said I think the impact of a few hundred shirts against 10,000 fans flying to each home or away game is is absolutely minuscule and um, yeah that's my thoughts on it. And to be fair you know that's a fair point that you make I mean I don't need you think you need to talk about Liverpool fans flying to and from games Alex and talking about Napoli shirts but we'll leave that to one side for now. I think that it's the, it's more the design quality that's the issue. Again, like we say, there's not that many of some of the shirts getting released. Some quite a lot of limited edition, which is fine. Um, obviously, companies are starting to use different materials to make the shirts, which is great. We're not going to be against that. But they look terrible. I can't get over the fact that they just look so bad. Yeah, it, it's four different shirts basically, with three or four different color paint jobs put on them, word paint applied over the top to look different. And they're all, all four are bad. British Gas one's probably the best one. I was going to say, yeah, that that was it. The Valentine's Day was that kind of a link that people just made, or was it officially the Valentine's Day kit? I think people. I swear, people were saying like it was something to do with Valentine's Day and like the love and the, the Roma. I don't know. Probably making that? it up. I had some fever dreams last night, but that is the best um, shirt of the bunch, I think. Um, and actually, I'm not adverse to teams doing these kind of holiday specials again like no one's forcing you to buy them are they if they bring out 100 kits you don't have to buy them if, if you don't want to but yeah I think every now and again these you know like Atalanta do the Christmas ones I think they're quite they're quite cool little touches I wouldn't want to put that into room 101 but I think specifically what I, I would put in is the fact that Napoli have 13 shirts in a season that is just outrageous I mean, to put it into context I think the previous record was something like seven shirts in a season by Cologne I think or Cole, depending on how we're going to say it. Probably should say Cole. I think that was a previous record, seven, and that included a couple of carnival shirts, Christmas shirt and you know, four four shirts, maybe a European shirt that year, I don't know. But um, they smashed it out of the water. They really have. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a Valentine's Day shirt, but it certainly got massacred on, on Twitter when it was was released. <laughs> taking, taking Tom's job for this week. Go back to what you said, the special editions. Uh, that's one of the most fun of kit, uh, being a kit fan, isn't it? Hunting down those really rare ones. You know, if you are a Napoli fan and you didn't quite get that release, then hunting that down for the next 10 years, sort of, I'm sure we've all got really niche kits in our collection that we know we're not going to find very easily. So there is kind of a thing for kit collectors in, in there. This is going in room 101 though, yeah? Yeah, 100%. Because it's yeah. Armani, isn't it? It's Armani, the brand going in. We're not disagreeing with the volume of shirts all the special editions, it's a terrible, terrible shirt designer. Yeah, we agreed on that one. Yeah, like statistically, 90% of their shirts crap. Did they make anyone else, actually? 
No, but I like one of Napoli shirts, so that's why I come up with that stat. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Have they made anyone else before, Armani? Aware of it. I don't think officially. I think I've got a feeling in the late 90s, Chelsea had them as like an unofficial team wear. They made suits for the Chelsea team in the 90s. Like obviously the Viali, Zola, Di Matteo collection. I'm pretty sure Armani made like cup final suits for them. They're responsible for that Ecru disaster that Liverpool turned up in in 96, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. yeah it is the first ever, um, first ever shirt they've done. Yeah, I think I recall reading a GQ article in September 2001 when they said it was their first ever shirt. It's just, just off yeah. the top of my head. <laughs> okay, so I think we're unanimous. So thanks again to Zan and, and the other listeners who put that forward. Yeah, put that one to bed. Emporio Armani, get in the bin. So we've come to the end of our 10th episode. So thanks for listening. I'd like to thank Adrian, Rob and Tom for input today. And just a reminder that you can follow us at kitmag underscore on Twitter at kitmagazine underscore on Instagram or using the hashtag kitpod.